Hi there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian, he's been living here in Japan for over two decades now, and for about half of that time he's been buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So he's got dedicated loan officers in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel Sessions which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just wanna have a chat in English with a real expert, Drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right, and we're back. My sincerest apologies for abandoning you this past month. I know I said it was just going to be for three weeks, but I completely forgot that I'm landing straight into Golden Week, which is one of the major holidays that's just uh, concluded here in Japan. So it did take me a bit longer to get back uh, on the podcast, but at long last, back with a vengeance, and we're going to dive straight into today's episode. So this is a conversation that I had with the leaders of an awesome project, one that brings together urban rejuvenation, an art collective, and NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are Web3 blockchain-based digital assets. Really fascinating topic. Uh, regardless of the scope of this podcast, you might want to read up on it a bit if you're not familiar with NFTs. And they've contacted us to find out how we could help their group purchase, renovate, and manage an akia, a vacant home, somewhere in the Japanese countryside, for their members to be able to come together at. Now, this is exactly the kind of project that we love here at NTI on a very personal level. Uh, I, and even more so Chikako, my partner, are really passionate about helping preserve and restore these beautiful old homes that are unfortunately rotting away to oblivion in many places in Japan. And we talk all about the project itself, the various challenges involved in purchasing and managing these properties if you're a non-resident of Japan, dealing with Akia Banks, the local municipality departments who are in charge of these homes, which is a very different process to a standard property purchase. We also talk uh, renovations, repairs, structural inspections, and why these can be important in many cases, the potential for running a business at these properties, renting them out for short-term stays of various sorts, and we also break down the purchase costs involved in any property purchase. So a really nice, comprehensive conversation with a focus on collaborative projects and creative communities. Again, this is really the kind of project that speaks to us personally here at NTI. So I really enjoyed the chat. I hope you will as well. Yep, go for it. So give me some maybe background first about the whole project and what you're actually um, planning to do there. For sure. So um Akiadal is basically a project to help renovate Akias into living, flourishing communities that help support artists, creatives, builders, people of uh, any kind, culture, admirers and adorers um, to come together and build a space together. Um, we see these Akias. I mean, it, it, it does feel aptly put because Akia in Japanese basically means empty, ho empty house. 
And yeah. so we want to transfer and transform these empty houses into homes that feel like communities and places that people can come back to. Um, in addition to that, we want these homes to be collectively owned and collectively governed by the community members as well. So that's pretty important and close to the ethos of this project as well. Um, but yes, William, feel free to add anything I might've missed there. You nailed it. Yeah, that was perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of it, essentially just an international community of, of cool folks from all different spaces and backgrounds coming together to uh, inhabit a space and, and make it greater than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So I'll... Um... Sorry, just like my my property minded head is just like breaking things down into questions. So I I might mm -hmm. just hit you with like kind of practical questions for a while. For so sure. first off, when you say community, how many people are we talking about roughly per project? Per project, um, so I mean in the about... ownership, of course, you, you know as many people coming and going. I don't mind about it, but just the actual ownership of the real estate that we're talking about, or the project, or the business, if it is a business, how many people? <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, William can probably speak to this more. Um, he's He leads operations, um, but the property will essentially be held by a company and then the company will be structured as an LLC. But um, our project is also known as a DAO, uh, which kind of in crypto speak basically means a collectively um, owned and organized uh, organization that allows people that has governance tokens to also own like almost like micro equity and determine what we end up doing in the project. Um, oh, wow. So, so like utility, <laughs> NFTs yep. kind of structured. Okay, this is fantastic. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so the sharing of the ownership or the sharing of the equity or the sharing of the proceeds, whatever the sharing might be, that's all going to be done internally through your company structure. So when we're setting up... Um, from a Japanese bureaucracy perspective, when we're saying, okay, there's this entity buying this property, it's a, com a normal company, commercial entity buying a normal property in the normal way. We're not going to be crowdfunding. We don't need to be a financial vehicle, a fund structure, anything of that sort. No. No. Okay. So that, that makes things very simple. Okay. And have you had any involvement with local communities in Japan? Do you have Japanese members um, in your board or community or, or people who are already active on the ground here? Yeah. So about one third of okay. our Discord members are actually local Japanese. So we actually have a Japanese channel in our Discord where people are like straight up just talking in Japanese. Um, I've been slowly learning. So I've been using different um, websites to help me communicate and also coordinate. Um, but we do have contributors that are Japanese and help us translate uh, the language. So um, I personally have been outreaching to local mayors and local governments. Um, so I emailed, I think, more than 50 of them um, after doing you have research. personally. I have personally from okay. <laughs> from our Akiadao, like email address um, and um, got a got some assistance from people that were native speakers to help craft a message, say like, hey, this is the project we're working on. Um, we not only want to buy property, but we also want this to be a restorative and generative way for us to inhabit and um, also collaborate with the neighbors around us. So mm -hmm. be involved in volunteer activities, um, having like a small cultural immersion program where maybe we take like local wood artisans to come into our IKEA one day and give us a tour of how to make like 
roof shingles or furniture or something like that. Um, and then also being able to have like, let's say if we have some sort of farms or crops, being able to make something um, and also or like donate it to uh, local farms um, and local bakeries and restaurants at the Japanese village as well. Okay. So we and want it to it, be like a very communal uh, project. Is it part of a global project or is Japan the only focus at the moment? Right now, it's the only focus. Um, okay. We do want to eventually expand to have like decentralized creative villages around the world. Um, there's a lot of different countries uh, who like members from different countries who actually reached out to us after they found out about the project saying like there's ghost towns in India. Um, there's, you know, like real estate crisis also in Italy. Um, but I think because like me and William were both like very excited about like we were going to try to buy an Ikea in Japan in the first place with a couple of other other friends. Um, we wanted to first and foremost start off with Japan. Um, and I could go into a lot of reasons why Japan is like. No, no, no. Here, I mean, it's but... great. I, I like that. <laughs> but we're, we're starting with Japan once. <laughs> OK. Yep. Very cool. So um, I'm not sure how your Japanese members fit into the picture. Are they. Um just members of the creative community and people who might be coming in and, you know, onto the project or is anyone there maybe in a kind of um, familiarity or, or position with you guys where they could be maybe like a spokesman for the Japanese municipalities and communities. Is there anybody there who could take on this kind of responsibility? Because it's always better. I mean, in, in some, it really depends on the municipality. Some of them are very open-minded and welcoming and that, you know, they took this on as a project to, to do something with the Akiyas, but in other places, mm -hmm. it's just a couple of people that the national government kind of ordered or somebody take care of the Akiya and they're not really into it and it's not even their main job. And then it's a lot easier if there's something smooth and familiar for them to communicate with like a Japanese board member or something similar. Yeah, for sure. One of our members that um, has basically been the member that I've been like being like, hey, like I have certain responses that I want to email these mayors um, and these local governments for. Can you help me translate? Um, he'll actually be in Japan um, and potentially traveling with us to visit IKEA and is is definitely a part of our contributing team member. So um, that's, that's we great. have relied on him a lot. Um, however, okay. we don't have like, you get him to actually write the email to make the connection with them or. Oh yeah, I'm basically, so um, this is kind of hacky of me, but like I was like looking up online, like, hey, what are traditional like email phrases? Um, and then I'll take sort of the grammar from there, um, kind of piece it together with different translation software. But if there is a complex sentence that is really hard um, to actually translate directly, or I want to make sure that my oh, grammar- Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I, I didn't explain myself properly. I'm not talking about the yeah. language at all. I'm talking about the- um, the name the person being japanese it just gels well with the old school japanese person at the other end who might be in the akia office that's what i meant yeah 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 exactly he's local japanese or yeah. he, he's not currently in japan but he was born in japan and ended up moving yeah. to america awesome okay yeah. so how how can we help you in in what way can we fit into your picture at all uh do you want to take this one Will? Um, I don't have quite as much context on the call, uh, so I think you have a better understanding. So, okay, cool, cool. Um, so uh, Ziv is someone who uh, Michael, who runs the Cheap Houses Japan newsletter, oh. connected us to, um, and he is. Uh, I mean, their their company Nippon Trading's um, basically deals with a lot of different like 
things in real estate from searching the house uh, to being basically your representative when talking to the Japanese owners. So kind of like, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, Ziv, um, but y- y'all's service span a, a huge range of basically how we can um, search for Kia and also acquire the Kia and also maybe like do company stuff with it. Um, so yeah, I think for this call, we're excited to um, kind of like figure out and give a little bit more information about the house criteria that yep. we would be looking for for our first house. Um, and we will be in Japan next month, actually next week for actually William's flying there today. Um, I will be there oh, yeah. in three days. Okay. <laughs> so we're looking to tour houses, um, in different regions over the course yeah. of the, the month. Um, so if it's too short of a time span, it's, it's no worries. Like I will be in Japan for much longer. So it's, I'm happy to stay and, and tour them, but, um, yeah, we would love to get some insight, um, after sharing some of our house criteria with you on where okay. we can start. So yeah, so a month might, so yeah, just basically that was a very good introduction of what we do. So we can basically, mm-hmm. we represent people who are active in anything to do with real estate in Japan. Um, about 80% of them are non-residents and 20% are residents, but they just don't have the bandwidth or the language skills, or they're just not interested in doing it themselves. So mm-hmm. we can represent people, um, like Michelle was saying, there's a range of involvement or services that we can offer so we can facilitate everything from scratch from research contact negotiation um sign all settlement documents on your behalf receive all official documentation review them and send them on to you so we give you um a purchased property with a title deed for you to then do whatever you want with by the end of the process or if you've got local people on the ground who can do things for you in Japanese, um, then we can just come in as a consultant and just like hold your hand and explain stuff and review documents for you and tell you what questions to ask and what answers, um, you know, recommend a deal, red light it, green light it, whatever the case may be. So the month might be pushing it a bit depending on how many properties you actually want to look at and how uh, cooperative or slow the local municipalities handling those properties would be so mm-hmm. some of them are super responsive and you know get back to us within a few days and we can book a tour and some of them put us in a queue and they contact one potential interested party every two weeks and then there's like a four months waiting list until we can even get in to see anything so it really really depends it's a very segmented non-unified kind of i mean the fact that it's called the akia bank means nothing because every municipality just implements their own idea of what they think Akia Bank should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them select few have really nice websites with listings with pictures that you can look at and click and apply and others are just you call someone they send you paperwork you send it back to them after two weeks they send you another bit of paperwork with some houses on it and it's just mm-hmm. an endless painful process so there's no really like a, a unified rule of thumb it could could take a few weeks but it usually takes more like a few months up to a year to actually land on the one that you want to purchase cool yeah we definitely see this as a long-term project um so i i think that we would be happy to spend time like finding the the right perfect ikea um but also um we have a lot of members who are excited and have like committed to start building with us sometime potentially over summer um i think if we find like like a good enough Kia, maybe like 80, 90% of our standards and start the process going because we intend to um, eventually 
um, and hopefully, you know, the project goes well, um, buy more IKEAs to help create, you know, more creative residencies, um, places where people can take their sabbatical. Um, I think there is also an opportunity for us to like have a house like line waiting and then wait for more opportunities for perfect houses to appear. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of on my side. Um, but yeah, what would be the best way to um, go forward with this? Would it would it be helpful for me to kind of like list out general criteria of places that we'd want to look at or general areas um, that we've been looking at, although we're open to more? Um, happy to take any of those routes or a third one if you see a better fit. Yeah, so the areas definitely. Uh, the areas maybe send me an email with a list of locations that you've got okay. in mind. Um, okay. That's kind of easy. With the um, criteria, put that in the email too, but please do give me a verbal explanation now that just so that I get a, a white concept of what you're after. And then we can also put it down in writing. Yep, absolutely. So um, some of the things on our criteria list is um, the first one is we're looking for um, older traditional looking Japanese style houses, um, decently renovated and priced. Um, I don't think we want to go through like a full renovation because especially with more traditional like let's say that's roof buildings it costs a lot to even just repair the roof um so we're looking for yep. things that are a little bit more renovated um and at least livable so we can continue to do renovations as like a project community but we can still live in it as we're doing it and not just like oh so yeah oh when God. you say yeah. just to so to wrap my head around it when you mm -hmm. say renovations what is the level of involvement or DIYness that your community can do? And what I mean, like I'm assuming wiring and plumbing is definitely something that you probably want somebody to come in and do. They have to be licensed too. But anything else, like to what level do you think you'll be DIYing it? And to what level do you need a place to be renovated or for renovation costs to be factored in professionally? Yep. Yeah. I, I would, would say for, say... oh yeah, go ahead, William. A uh, very high level of DIY. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't, I mean, if we need like a licensed Japanese technician for things, of course, we don't, we don't have that in our back pocket. Um, but we have community members who are you know, very strong in the construction space and the renovation space. So, and we'll be available, uh, we'll be available for work. I mean, they're not going to be yeah. like two yeah, years yeah. away to come in and put in a window. No. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. Very uh, involved. Okay. So, when you say a place that's livable, it needs to be livable in the sense that you can just, you know, throw a sleeping bag or a futon there and start working on it? Or does it need to be livable in the sense that they have modern conveniences and a reasonably comfortable bathtub and, and double paint windows? Like, what, what do we what, what are we talking about when we're saying livable? I think, yeah, just basic uh diy like the the first instance um we would be comfortable with at least for the initial cohort and then over time as we continue to renovate and maybe we'd you know start opening up the house for people that aren't necessarily part of a construction cohort but like want to stay there and create art and to also like make sure that they're like you know insulated walls and not <laughs> freezing over winter um i think yeah livable in the sense that like we can throw a futon in and we can sleep there um maybe if we're very like in rural conditions, um, having a kitchen so we can cook <laughs> and yeah. refrigerate food, um, that would be helpful as well. But um, I think we're- Grandma yeah. style, 70s, 80s type kitchen is okay. We, we don't need all of the- um, Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. So no, it, like we don't have to have like a um like what what's that called again? A Nutribullet or, or is it like just like those fancy blenders that you yeah. use to it's a very SF thing. Um or I guess like just yuppie thing. Um but yeah, we don't necessarily need anything that's super fancy. Um we interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home-away-from-home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They come with fast unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces and fully equipped kitchens, and they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know they're tiny, they're noisy, fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home, with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc. You definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit, or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now back to the podcast. Um, okay. Just fire and like, yeah, a way to have fire and refrigerator yeah. <laughs> at the minimum. And then um, are we, when we do say have a short list of final candidates and we have them in order of priority, let's say three, four, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um are we interested in conducting a structural inspection to make sure the place is not um you know coming yep. down at the seams kind of thing yeah 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 absolutely yeah it would be okay. super helpful to make sure that like we aren't spending two times the cost of the house on renovations because i've definitely heard like stories <laughs> where that happens and i'm like oh yeah it'd be hard i mean to, depends on what you define as a renovation but to bring a house to bring a house to i would say a modern japanese family living standards then yes you would be looking at twice the house of any of these old properties um for renovation but it sounds like that's not the renovation you're really having in mind it sounds like you're going to make it more of a living kind of one step at a time DIYing it to to something that would be comfortable for you so i don't think that's yep yep so we I just need to make a, sure a spectrum the there sorry yep so i didn't mean to interrupt uh i think there's a, a bit of a spectrum in that um you know we can pay more for the initial house if it's in better condition requiring less renovation we can pay less for the house if there's going to be a lot of renovation cost i think yep. given the long-term nature of this project and the general like renovation skills uh among the project contributors we can we can really go either way on that one i think it, that's going to come down to more of like 
is this, you know, how closely does this fit our vision of what this building should be? Um, yeah. If we find the perfect place, but it's just a mess, like we're happy to clean up that mess. Um, if we can find a place that's like pretty damn good and will work quickly, then like we're willing to pay, pay, a, premium, pay a premium for that. Yeah. But I mean, in, when you say mess, interior mess, we're not going to be asking, we're not assuming community members will change over a roof or, or you know, knock down a, a wall or, or stuff of that nature. I mean, interior walls, yeah, but we're not replacing support beams or stuff, right? Probably not. Well, you sound, you I, sound I, unsure. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, if we need to, if we need to replace the wall, we can replace the wall. I think the roof, I don't think we have the skill to do that, given that that's like, um, I don't know. I feel like the the Japanese roof is a very different beast than like most of the U.S. style roofs that we have experience yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but like, I would say we could do some pretty heavy renovation work. Um, okay. Yeah. I I guess it'll be a case of um taking it case by case and seeing what you'd be comfortable with. But the mm -hmm. the really for us the only way. I mean, we can walk around. We can conduct a viewing if you're here or a remote viewing if you're not, and we can you know you and us can look at the ceiling and try to presume if there's a water leak or if the roof is in relatively okay condition or what, but without a structural inspection, which is going to cost you somewhere between, depending on the size of the house, we'll get to that in a moment, but somewhere between a thousand, say to 2000 bucks per property that you're considering to inspect. Right. So I wouldn't do that on a list of 20 properties, maybe the final short list, right? Like three or four of them. And then yeah. even then maybe prioritize them, from a Japanese perspective, too, if we come in shooting in all directions and then just um, pull back three offers and only go ahead with the one, the Japanese side don't, doesn't like that. So we'll need to prioritize them and just review and inspect if you're interested one at a time before we move on to the next. That would usually be the best way to do it. Perfect. Yeah, I think that aligns with what we have in mind as well. Yeah. So size-wise size, size -wise and layout-wise and land size wise and budget wise what are your criteria there yeah so size wise um i would say 100 or this is like just like the building itself so not including the land 150 yeah. square meters um plus uh it'd structure. be really cool if you could, that's not land, uh, yeah. that's structure okay yeah, yeah so that's just structure uh for land we ideally would want to have farmland um that we could actually plant on do permaculture experience uh experiments on um, I don't necessarily think we have a number for that, but the more the better. Um, and of course, like if we find like the perfect house and maybe there's like a smaller amount of farmland or just like a small garden or like um, kind of surrounding area that we can plant on, but not like acres of land. Um, that's also totally cool. Well, official, official farmland to have acres of land, you'll have to join local farmer unions and apply for a, not a license, like a compliance mm -hmm. kind of certificate or something. But um if the plot is under 500 square meters, I think from memory, it's quite easy. Mm -hmm. Even if it was okay. official farmland, it's quite easy to convert it back to normal land. So you can do whatever you want with it. Um, mm -hmm. If it's larger than that, we'll need to start looking at certificates and, uh, and uh, applications and compliance. So if it's okay with you, maybe I would leave it to under 500 square uh, land yep. plot. Yep. Yeah, we're okay with that. Um, less than 500 square. Um, yeah, we're, but you know, like as much as possible, maximally so. <laughs> um, but under 500 is is also fine with us. Um, yep. 
And for yeah, 500 the, square meters is pretty damn large. I mean, that's, yeah, it is. It is I hate to yeah. overly US this, but that's a lot of football field. No, no, you're right. And 150 <laughs> square meters, to be honest, is pretty large. I mean, the traditional yeah. ones in the countryside always, uh, there are definitely a lot of them that do reach that size, but 150 is pretty big by Japanese standards, too. Yeah. 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 Wait, 150 inside? Yep. Like inside. Is that. Okay, that seems like three, four. It's three, four large spaces, I would say. Um, And if it's a two, as is often the case, if it's a two floor structure, then maybe Mm -hmm. two, three large spaces downstairs and three, four small bedrooms upstairs kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're something that's in the larger range. Um, We've like looked and found um, some interesting properties. These, unfortunately, were a little bit far away from um, where we liked it to. So another yeah. criteria is like having the property be one to one and a half hours away from a major city by transportation. Um, ideally, like walkable within 30 minutes to like a JR station. Um, so it doesn't have to be right next to one, but at least like walkable to or near a bus that can take you to a JR station, um, okay. maybe within like 15 minutes a bus station or a 30 minute JR station. Um, I think that, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So we, we did see a, um, property that unfortunately was a little bit too far for us, but it was like a 10 LDK and it looked like amazing. (laughs) So something that at least is above six LDK, um, or DK or any permutation among those, um, would be, Fantastic. Well, I mean, as William's saying, you're comfortable knocking down at least non-supporting walls interior rise, right? So mm-hmm. even if yeah. we get something that's not the right layout, that's not a huge concern, I would assume, right? Yeah. Or yeah. do you not, actually yeah. do you actually need the number of bedrooms for people to sleep in separately? No, no, no. Yeah, we can, we're pretty flexible. We can make walls whatever we need them to be. Okay, okay. That mm-hmm. that's what I yeah. was assuming. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think interiorly, I think different municipalities might have different like FAR ratios. I haven't looked too much into Japanese zoning, but um, I've looked into like, like a little bit of introductory videos. So we want to yeah, at least have all it. of the um, all of the houses that you're looking at would have been built far beyond any kind of uh, far before any yeah. kind of official zoning that we would need to take into consideration. So unless you're rebuilding gotcha. the structure from the ground up, which I don't think doesn't sound like you'd be doing, no, um, you're not going to need to comply with anything. So that, that's OK. OK. Fantastic. And what's the uh, what's a rough budget for a house that let's assume doesn't need much renovation, something that's good to go kind of thing Mm, i think our general budget is like 15 million japanese yen um i'm not sure exactly how much that will get us like 15 to 20 million maybe for like the right house we're willing to flex it um but i would say closer to 15 million yen um but again it it kind of like on a case-by-case basis if we're going to be spending a lot of renovations um costs for something and it might go above budget we might end up choosing one that is like closer to like the so like i guess cumulative like 15 to 20 million yeah um, so total budget including renovation not more than 20 million hopefully less if i'm getting yeah it right we can flex right. probably like 20 to 20 20 25 million for renovations um but okay. yeah. yeah i would say hope probably like ideally house plus renovations would be somewhere around the 15 to 20 million range um okay yeah, and is so, that including your purchase costs or is that just the price of the listing itself? Because purchase costs can come up to another, let's call it 15 to 17%. Oh, interesting. Um, can you tell me more about that? 
yeah, guess like so, if you bid the offers and yeah. like so the the purchase costs are uh, my my zoom is the free version by the way so in about seven minutes if we get cut out i'll save the recording for five minutes and then jump back in okay so the purchase costs are usually um there's going to be even if it's from an akia bank they appoint a real estate a local real estate agent or a talk or like a big city real estate agent to take care of the sale so there's always going to be a realtor fee same as a normal sale so that's um a three percent mm -hmm. plus sixty thousand yen plus tax. In the case of the budget you're talking about, it's probably going to be work work out to be something like four four and a half percent. And then, um, if you need somebody to facilitate the purchase, like us, we charge another four mm percent. -hmm. Yep. And then the purchase tax, which comes in somewhere between six to twenty four months after the purchase. Um, it varies depending on the official evaluation, which is going to be different to the market price. But worst, worst case, it's usually up to about 2.5%. Mm -hmm. And then legal and registration costs also vary depending on the official evaluation. But usually at this price level, they would be, I would assume, somewhere between 3 to 5%. So. Okay. When we're looking at a deal, we don't know what all of these costs are going to be. They become clearer as we get closer to settlement. But we assume a worst case of 15 to 17 percent um, purchase costs at this budget. If it's got a super it, cheap it. property, it's going to be higher, maybe closer to 20 percent. OK, that makes sense. Um, in that case, maybe a 15 million yen um, like listing plus general renovation cost, um, excluding all of the percentages. Um, William, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think we can just say like uh, fifteen Aim to for fifteen, inclusive. and then just like dance around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds great. Um, another thing that I think that is a nice to have for us is the ability to um, maybe operate a small cafe or art gallery with ticketing um, as part of the property. I know there's different like urbanization. Um, laws that might prevent some sort of business use cases but um we also want to make sure that we have at least the option to like do something that's cafe or like to be able to like sell coffee or drinks or art out of our collective um would For be this level of business japan is very lenient on zoning okay. regulations unless you're smack in the middle of a rich residential neighborhood <laughs> where it's strictly residential it's not going to be a problem to set up a small okay. business and okay. if you're planning to rent out beds for the night, though, or rooms for the night, that's a whole different licensing uh, story. So as long as you're not mm -hmm. officially doing that, like if community members are staying there because they came and they stayed there, that's one thing. But if you're actually charging Airbnb, like whatever the case may be, then you need a separate license for that. Got as it. well as and for um, as well as for alcohol, food and beverage, although those are quite easy to get. That's not a huge issue. What is the Airbnb licensing process look like? Like, is that expensive and, and arduous, or um, the license application itself is is nothing. It's like a thousand bucks, and then even if you want a hotel license, I think it's the same. It's a similar price. It's a thousand bucks, maybe less if it's like casual Airbnb. But then the local, each local municipality has its own set of bylaws of um, fire and safety and what's allowed what the floor plan ratio needs to be between guest bedrooms and common areas where the fire extinguishers need to be. 
um, how far from public facilities you're allowed to be, like um, nursing homes or child uh, care centers. Or... So each local municipality would have its own set of criteria that you need to comply with and that the house structure and set up interior would have to comply with and signage and stuff like that. So we can investigate okay. that if that ever becomes something that you want to do. But if it's if it's a major thing, if it's part of the business plan, we need to make sure that the property is going to actually comply in the future if we make changes to it. For example, if it's set up 300 meters from a nursing home, then there's nothing you'll be able to do to turn it into an Airbnb in the future. So if that's a criteria, we need to take it into consideration when we're looking at potential properties. Um, Pretty, pretty minor. I mean, like, really, I'm just... I was just looking at Airbnbs in Japan. And I'm just like, there's not very many of these. I'm like, I suspect there's some bullshit Japanese laws that are like making people not as. There were a lot more, but places. yeah, they took down 80% of the listings when the new legislation came in in late 2018. And since then, they've been, I mean, people have been complying and catching up, but it's nowhere where it used to be. And it's not easy in Japan. Yeah. Oh. Mm, wow. Yeah. Damn. Okay. But I mean, being being a communal project, I think there are so many ways for you guys to get around that officially. Like there are so many ways that I mm-hmm. can think of in, in barters and trades and that wouldn't actually be considered renting out beds for the night, right? Like I wouldn't I wouldn't even yeah. worry about that too much, I think, unless you want to actually publish on official Airbnb and platforms like that, and then you will need to comply. Got it. Yeah, gotcha. I think our, our project, uh, for example, like if someone were to pay a membership fee and then come to our house as a member, that yeah. wouldn't be. Yeah. OK, OK, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Great. So we can come in, like you said, you're here so we can organize viewings for you. But a lot of these local agencies will not be able to deal with foreigners directly. So you want to make sure that some of your Japanese community members come with you to the viewings if they can. Otherwise, you can um, rent that service from us, from somebody to accompany you to a viewing as well. Um, mm-hmm. We can also do it remotely when you're not here. Um, but I think maybe maybe you guys do some thinking first and, and just see what sort of capacity you want to bring us in as. Do you need us to f- facilitate a full purchase from you from scratch? Or do you just want us to you know come along for the ride and tell you, you know, how to do things? and we're happy both ways. We'd love to be involved in any case. We love the arts. We love what you're doing. So, thank you. What, so what's much. the name of the project, by the way? Thanks. It's called IKEA DAO. So IKEA, like Japanese IKEA, and then DAO, which stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. So um, nice. that's kind of like the co-governance aspect where um, token holders, in this case NFT holders, are able to vote on what kind of projects they want the IKEA to start. Uh, what maybe like again, if the first project goes well. Um, there'll be a collective treasury where they can vote like, hey, like which reason, region do we want the next IKEA to be in? So um, a lot of governance like that, but it is a decentralized way of being able to manage those processes. So IKEA DAO. IKEA DAO, very <laughs> yeah. cool. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're happy to be a part of it. Just um, have a chat and we're always happy to talk shop too. So don't be shy to send me emails with questions or anything you okay. want, or if you want to schedule another call as long as we can record it and use it for content, we're always happy to do that as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate totally. all the help so far. Yeah, this has been very illuminating <laughs> for us, at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super excited helpful. to work together as well. Pleasure speaking with you. Exciting stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to See meet you. you. Maybe in Japan. Bye. Thank Bye. you.
So there you go, Japan Dao. Remember the name? I'm guessing you're definitely going to be hearing about them again here or elsewhere. We're also going to link to their website and social media profiles in this episode's show notes. So go check them out and of course participate if you're that way inclined. And if there's anyone out there with similar projects, please do keep us in mind. Again, we here at NTI love being involved with these restoration, renovation, um, maintenance projects for these old Japanese homes. Don't be shy. Drop us a line. We would be delighted to work with you on making your dream a reality. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku! Yoroshiku!